Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Get in on the college football pick'em action today, bringing you part three of our Good and the Bad series. The first part was Fanatic Perspective, the Fanatic Perspective with Stephen Ngotti. The second part was the Analytics with Nash Talks Texas. And now the third part with the Texas Homer. We're talking schematics. And my first question for you, Homer, is we're going to start with the passing offense between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card this year through eight games. What has worked for us schematically passing offense-wise? So passing offense, it's been an execution issue, right? There's no problem with the play design. We've done really well on intermediate stuff, like those late crossers you've seen, those things that open up in the drop back passing game. The deep shots are there too, man. Like uh, the play action stuff that we rely on, it's there. So it's either the quarterback overthrows, a uh, wide receiver can't track it, pulls up early, something like that. But I haven't had a problem with the actual scheme. It's very sound. You'll When you go back and watch stuff, you'll get frustrated by how many things are open. Um, so that's worked really well. And, you know, we don't get to see a ton of the short game, which I think we do want to see more of. But that's also quarterback dependent because the third reads, that kind of stuff, the mesh underneath that you would look at as a quarterback after your higher reads are done, it's there. We're just not getting through our reads. Um, throwing quick, you know, checking down to the flats to Bijan is there. Um, but I think most successful that I've seen is kind of those chunk plays in the middle of the field, late crosser to Whittington, something to Sanders, I would say has been the strongest part. The deep shot would be the strongest part if we could connect. Um, but I, I've liked the passing game. There's nothing, it's completely sound. There's nothing where I'm like, this doesn't make sense or this is the wrong way to go about it. It's just sometimes. You know, hey, if Quinn's off, why are we throwing deep so often? Maybe check down, that kind of stuff. But that's young quarterback, man. He's going to have to get through his reads. Then we'll see the shorter stuff. But guys are open. It's not a it's not a schematic issue with the passing offense. So you talked about us having the most success um, in the intermediate part of the field. A lot of that uh, is going to be to JT Sanders and Jordan Whittington, but their usage has been really inconsistent. Um, why do you think that is thus far? And how do you think that's hurt our offense? So I think it's like Devontae Smith where Sark was like, when you got a good player, I throw to him all the time. So Worthy's almost like always the number one read. And Quinn will lock on as a young quarterback. He locked on Worthy. You saw him try to force force it to Worthy the whole Oklahoma State game. So I would like to see, and I don't know how you change this midseason because Sark has packaged plays where it's always the same routes together. So it's not like you can hot route. It's not Madden. You know, and so that's the tricky part that I don't know how you would change that around because you can't put Sanders in Worthy's speed spot. This doesn't, that's not how the offense works. So, really, the way you get it to Whittington or you get it to Sanders is teaching the young quarterback, hey, you don't have to go for the headshot every time. Worthy is the deep read. He is the number one read. I know you know that you can make that throw technically, um, but go ahead and check it down to Sanders, check it down to Whittington. That's how you see them more. I kind of liked what they were doing. Remember when Card finally started to click in West Virginia? Because mm-hmm. we were begging for shorter concepts for Card. Uh, just clear, shorter concepts I think you could you could implement where it's quick stuff like the RPO to Whittington versus Iowa State. Um, those kind of things. There's a way to check down. And you can still get it to Sanders deep too, man, uh, up to seams, the play he dropped the ball in Oklahoma State. Um, so I, I think it's A, Sark needs to make a conscious effort to have those guys as your second reads more often and then tell your quarterback, hey, if there's a safety or whoever near worthy, I know you think you can make the throw, go to number two. And then that's the way you'll naturally 
uh, be able to see both those guys more often. We're just not checking down enough in our progressions to get to them. So we haven't really utilized the third receiver at all this year outside of Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington. Do you see that more as just the personnel groupings, right, us being in a lot of, of bigger personnel, or um, is that something that's affected the offense, them not being able to rely on a third receiver this season? I think we're a heavy natural offense, so we're, we're, we want to be base 12. Um, so we want the two tight ends. We want to be able to, for them to help in the run game, help block. Also, our tight ends are – People forget our tight ends are receivers, you know, so it's like, well, we don't have a third receiver. It's like, well, Sanders is your third receiver. And so that's kind of the way we don't have clearly no one stepped up, which is concerning. Um, I'd hope to see more development that there could be a third guy. You know, Milton, I thought was a he's a very senior player. He's played a lot of snaps. But reality is we just don't have a lot of sets where it's pure three receivers going 11 personnel or something like that. We, we like the heavy heavier offense pro style. So I think it's both. I think we don't have a third receiver developed. And so naturally that makes us even more likely to do the 12 that we already want to do anyways. Yeah. You talked about them getting away from the short stuff or not just not doing it enough period. Like we saw in the Oklahoma state game, you know, the quick dump off to, you know, uh, Brennan Thompson, he goes for 32 yards and we don't see that again. We've seen some success with the short passes to Jordan Whittington, um, RPOs to Jordan Whittington. It seems like, we do utilize the short stuff, short stuff sometimes, mostly to our running backs, but then we kind of get away with it. And then we've had, uh, you know, some second half inconsistencies against Oklahoma State. We only scored three points in the second half, but a lot of people are saying, okay, the throws were there. They just weren't being made. What do you think Sark could have done, you know, for Quinn Ewers in the second half to make him more comfortable against Oklahoma State and, and you know, maybe try to come out of that game with a win? Uh, shorter stuff, RPO game, chuck it to the flats. Now they were clouding the flats, meaning they were had people covering the flats, so they weren't open. So they're not going to be as successful as we think. But uh, truthfully, man, on the road when your quarterback is just – there were several times, several times, where I could not tell if he was throwing the ball away or trying to pass it to a receiver. It was that discombobulated, you know. And so it was, it was weird, man. Um, and we hadn't seen that from him. So at that point, I think you probably lean on the run game. But, hey, man, jet motion, Keelan, uh, you know, get him to run across or something like that. Do something short to help him because we kept throwing long. And I know we want to go for the kill shot. I actually love that part of the offense. But that just wasn't happening between Quinn, Worthy was off too. It just you got to run in that situation or very simple uh, passes or like line up in your slot, give them an option route. You know, if the if it's inside leverage, he runs an out. Outside leverage, he runs a slant. Uh, there's not a ton of that we do. Um, that's more of like the typical Big 12 air raid offenses that they kill us with. But we have to in implement some some lower level concepts that are more high percentage in completion. So do you think that we're not seeing that because Sark isn't implementing that and, and not really, you know, coaching that and calling that? Or is Quinn Ewers not at that level yet where – He's not going to go broke taking a profit and he's going to take something underneath. What are you seeing? Is it more of it just not being there in the scheme or Quinn Ewers not taking the stuff underneath? It can be both. That's why it's a little frustrating. Like sometimes it's it's the sequencing and the play calls like, hey, give them easier stuff. And then sometimes it's there and Quinn can't hit it. So it's it's both. But generally Sark's concepts, his drop back passing game is is deep crossers man you know them trying to pull the safety off run somebody off i mean these are deeper concepts even if it's intermediate and stuff they're very these like overarching things they're not just these little dinky and dunky things you see at like 
a majority of Big 12 schools. So schematically, he has this kind of grand plan where the Z has to run this safety off, and then that opens up the X. And if the safety comes with the X, then that's going to open up Whittington underneath. There's so many of these factors. It's very smart, like when it works. Um, but they're very elaborate. They're smart plays. And that's why when it works, he's so potent. Um, but sometimes we need to simplify. But on Oklahoma State, Sark should have helped his quarterback. But the reality is the plays were there. Quinn just couldn't hit it. Yeah. And then schematically, what do you think has worked thus far in the run game through eight weeks, which has been more efficient than the passing game? So Sark wants inside zone, zone running schemes. That's what his offense is built off of. That's what we're the worst at. And so that's what's been the problem. So we're not good at passing guys off. A zone zone is what you're going to do is you're you know, you're going to double up. You're going to have the nose and the guard double up and then one of them's going to break off and work to a linebacker, right? We're struggle with that, getting off of our guys and things like that. So Sark ideally wants to run inside zone runs. But we're better at gap schemes or man schemes where you're not guarding a zone in a zone run. You're basically like I have to the left of me whoever's in the left of me is, is who I'm going at, right? Gap schemes are like, you know, exactly who you're going to and working to. Um, it's a little simpler for younger players uh, than zone. It's only, and it's, it's a little bit more mashing. And so that's like your counter stuff. When you see JT Sanders pull around, he'll come around and he'll take a linebacker or something like that. Um, we've been really good with the gap scheme. So counter is a specifically a play we've been good at. Teams will shut it down sometimes. Sometimes we'll have a great half with it. It's the inconsistency there is what is so tough with the run game. You remember at the beginning of the year where like we couldn't run at all, and but Bajan and Roshan would break a 40-yarder twice a game. And we would just volume, hit it, hit it, hit it till the young guys got it right. That's kind of what's the story. I think we've been a little bit more consistent this year, but from half to half, I have not seen a full four quarters of us working well as an offensive line. It'll start to work on this drive then they'll adjust. So that's what's tough with the running game. Uh, offensive line-wise, we'll be better in the future. But, of course, running game, our running backs are are awesome, man. Without them, we'd be in a world of hurt, man. Yeah, so right now our, our passing splits uh, to our running splits are about 52% pass, 48% run on the season. Are you comfortable with those splits moving forward, or would you like to see it uh, more, you know, closer to 50-50 with the run of their pass or running more than they pass at this point in Quinn Ewer's career? This is what tricky because like philosophically, I, I believe in the pass more than the run. We know that passes get more yards than runs on average. So yeah. analytics wise, you, you want to be pass heavier. Um, and so especially on first down, like there's no argument in the numbers that you need to pass on first down versus run. For the specific use case of the Texas Longhorns, I want to see more running. Overall, though, you should be passing, but we're struggling to do that. So so, yeah, I'm OK with especially if we're going to be a big team, right? If we're going to run 13 personnel, 12 personnel, uh, that kind of stuff, then let's create an identity that way. I think the fans, including myself and Sark, want the identity to be the high-flying, deep shot, play action, 40-yard bombs, right? But I think it's probably a power running team. But once again, we're inconsistent in our blocking. So it's like one thing gets correct, and then it, count, it cancels itself out. So it's sometimes one game, I want to be a passing team. The next game, I want to be a running team. So that's what's so confusing. I know it's got to be confusing. Sark as well. So tomorrow night uh, to beat Kansas State, what is Texas going to have to do on the offensive side of the ball? So run heavy run game. So they're a 3-3. They have uh, faster players, but they're smaller players. Um, so they're really good at getting to the ball. They have good speed. They're aggressive. It's a good defense. 
Um, but physics, physics is physics is physics. Um, and we, we have bigger guys. And so, especially if we add, go to Ian Boyd was talking about this a lot. I called him yesterday to talk about it. And he was telling me 13 personnel. And I really thought about it with Carrick Billingsley Sanders. You add all these gaps, right? You add three or four more gaps. Well, there's not enough linebackers now to cover that. So now they're bringing down safeties to cover that. And you're going to, that's even smaller guys now. So you want to try to bully ball them as much as you can. Um, you know, you're not going to punk them or anything, but over time, you'll be able to wear them down with 13. Um, when they do their drop eight stuff in the past game, you want to either hit them on the shallow crosses in front of them, which we don't do a lot of uh, naturally in our scheme. They're there like a mesh is there. We just don't get to it. But what we could really do is wait for those second level linebackers. They'll do like cover two, cover three, whatever. They'll have a bunch of guys on the underneath zone and then their safety's dropping back. That's when you can hit that late intermediate crosser that we do well on to like a Whittington or a Sanders, whoever. Um, so that's how you want to pass against them. And then, you know, it's a three safety defense, the dreaded three safety Iowa State defense, but they don't they didn't create any coverages that don't exist. So they're running two, three, man, that you'll be fine. You can old fashioned where these faster than you and blow by them is still always on the table as well. But I think the key is going to be a, a heavy running attack and sticking with it over four quarters, the risk is that we're not consistent enough to do that, and we end up stepping on our own toes. So I think it's not the hardest defense Quinn has uh, faced. Um, he's seen this look a couple times now, um, but Iowa State slowed his passing. Oklahoma State is not a good defense, and he had a bad performance. So I just don't know we're going to get there out of the passing. I'm not super comfortable comfortable with relying with him there and i hope he proves me wrong because i think his arm's incredible but i think you'd want to lean on the the heavy run game i think size will win out i was looking kansas state has got one four star in the past four recruiting cycles so there's there's just there's a physical size difference there um that's going to be important so we're on them over time with a lot of tight ends and heavy rushing all right, we're going to talk about the good and the bad from the Texas defense schematically next. First, a quick word from Underdog and the Longhorn Real Estate team. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. That's one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store slash Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. One word, get in on the college football pick'em action today. And for all your real estate needs in the Austin area, please visit www.longhornrealestateteam.com because in a changing, more complex market, you need to work with the top professionals in Austin. Our data and information-driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. Decades of experience in all market conditions make us able to achieve the best results for our clients and our clients for years have outperformed the market, leveraging our proprietary research, information and expertise, which is now more important than ever. www.longhornrealestateteam.com for all your real estate needs in the Austin area. Hill Country Mortgages, LLC, NMLS 2324262, Jonathan Sarver, NMLS 993872, equal housing opportunity. Homer, this defense has been better than most of us thought it would be. We talked about just coming into the season. We wanted them to be, you know, 
ranked in halfway, you know, 65th in the FBS. And really, they've been a top 30 defense in, in most metrics. They've definitely outperformed expectations in Pete Kukowski's second year. In your opinion, what are the reasons for that schematically? What have they done really well on that side of the ball? So interior defensive line has done an awesome job. We switched more from last year. We were more kind of uh, three down line principles, so two gapping, right? So waiting for posting up your guy, looking, protecting A-gaps. Sorry, I lost my focus. Uh, And so that naturally gets rid of penetration from our interior defensive line. Our interior defensive line is better at penetration. So we switch it this year. Those guys are really attacking gaps. I think it all starts with interior defensive line specifically because we're not getting a ton of help on the edges. Linebackers are much improved as well, uh, specifically Jalen Ford. He's able to find the gap. He knows his assignment. He has uh, some good downhill quickness. Sideline to sideline is a little less. Uh, but downhill quickness, he's been good and aggressive. And I think the safeties, man, are the unsung heroes of the run defense. Because remember last year, dude, people would just get spit out. They had no clue. They wouldn't even be close to him, man. And Cook and Thompson have, have read that really well. So I think that's the biggest part. Um, doing the four down thing has helped us. Even though there's an argument to try to go three down again because we just don't have dominant edges. But I think the four downs helped us. Uh, I think it's it's more than just the schematic component of it all. We're playing a little bit more man than we were last year. I think that's good aggression-wise. But I think it's just coaching, man. Like uh, everyone likes to hate on PK, and we don't allow that, you know, because he's uh, – if you looked at him at Boise State in year two, he improved dramatically. If you looked at him at Washington year two, he improved dramatically. So I think – I think in my video for Kansas State, we were the 111th ranked rushing defense last year, and now we're like 31st. That's an incredible leap, man. So I think it's mostly just coaching um, and our players actually buying in. We have older players. Everybody always says we're young. We're not young. Like on, on the defensive side, we're not young at all. We're about to lose half of them, actually. And so I think the older guys playing together, I don't think it's a crazy schematic difference. It's a it's a four two five. Um, there's nothing crazy going on there. I think it's mostly coaching. Yeah, you talked about um, us playing a little bit more man. How do you think that's helped out uh, the defense thus far this year? And we've seen uh, they've been able to get a lot more pressures and sacks than they did last year. So how does um, running more man coverage kind of marry to the the pressure packages for for our listeners and our viewers? Yeah, so if – say you're a quarterback, right, and you have all your receivers, everybody's playing off and you get rushed, that's fine. You can pre-snap. Somebody's showing rush, right? So you're, okay, we got five guys. Hey, we got six guys. The back's got to get it. We got to slide protect. Whatever you got to do, you can be scared of the rushers, but as long as you know that guy's open and as soon as I snap it and throw it, I'm going to be good. Um, it's really – you can beat a blitz easy. Quarterbacks are trained to do that even with hot routes. So that's not tough. Now, if I were to say, hey, I'm sending a bunch of guys at you and you look over in the corners face-to-face with your receiver, there's no empty space or, hey, I know he's going to run to here that kind of stuff. So that's why playing man with pressure packages helps uh, overall, just from a quarterback sense, because there's, even though you think you know where you want to go with it, it's still going to complicate issues way more when you have a defender in the face of that wide receiver. So when you look at it, um, the Texas defense at home and uh, in the cotton bowl is giving up 15 points a game this year, but in two true row games in Lubbock and in Stillwater against Texas tech and Oklahoma state respectively, they've given up 39 points a game. We know that there's been a heavy uh, snap count by the offenses, hundred and the Texas tech game and 98 
in the Oklahoma State game. But is there anything you else you've seen schematically or things that haven't worked in those games that is the reason that they've been significantly worse in true road games than home and neutral site games? Well, I, just, I also think that Oklahoma State and Texas Tech are really good offenses. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if I correlate it directly to home in a way. Um, I, I just when we played at home, we played against Iowa State offenses that's very lowly ranked. West Virginia has a lot of weapons, but they can't seem to get it together. So I don't know if the correlation is home and away or good offense versus not as good offense. Um, so I, schematically, I don't see a huge a huge difference there. The biggest issues are getting off the field on third down. We're number four in the nation on defense for stopping teams from getting first downs on first and second down. So on first and second down, mm. this is an elite defense. There's just something going on with the third downs. This is what's frustrating, man. They'll play man and get beat. They'll play zone. They'll get beat on third down. They'll zone blitz. I mean, they're trying stuff. It's When people say that PK is just doing the same thing over and over again, that's just simply you, you can't verify that with the tape, even though it feels like that. And me in-game, I feel like that. Um, but whenever you watch it, no, they're doing different stuff. There's just – there's a weird mojo on third down, man. We have it on offense too. We're just not good at third downs uh, across the board. And so – uh, that's what's tricky, man. Uh, I really don't know what the answer is. They're trying different things, but on first and second down, this is elite defense. It's it almost it almost it forces teams into third and longs and to get into passing concepts where I think we're weaker. I almost wish we gave up three yards rushing, three yards rushing, and then they had to pick between the short run or a passing concept. It's it's like uh, we set ourselves up for these uh, at the sticks passing concepts that we don't play well. Um, technique wise, we don't play well situationally aware, uh, awareness wise, um, we're playing off. We know the receiver's going to the stick. It, you can play off, but you have to, you have to drive on that ball as soon as he starts to end break or whatever. So I really don't know what it is with the third downs. I was talking to Ian about it, Ian Boyd of inside Texas about it yesterday. And, uh, they've tried a bunch of stuff. It's just, it's third downs that keep us on the field, extends the amount of plays the defense faces and over time, man. Every defense, it'll happen to Georgia at 98 plays. Um, so that's that's the tough part, man. But it, it's not a bad defense. It's just when fans are fans are focused on third down, that's about the only time they play pay attention to the defense. <laughs> and so the, that's when fans are keyed in. They mess up there, so they assume that these problems are global issues. They're not. On first and second down, this is an awesome defense. Yeah, I think Nash said we're giving up 26 or 27% on third and 10 plus. Like, that's a ridiculous number. You know, I mean, one out of every four of those, like, that's crazy. Definitely having a, a hard time getting off the field. What does Texas need to do on the defensive side schematically uh, to stop this Kansas State offense? And is there going to be a different game plan, whether Will Howard starts or Adrian Martinez starts? So Will Howard also has running ability. He can do zone options, but he's nowhere near um, as elite of a runner and as dynamic as a runner. He's an Adrian Martinez is, is, is a special running quarterback. So they can run the same offense. They're going to pass more with Howard naturally because Howard's a better passer. Um, so there, there's probably – I don't think there's two game plans. Kansas State's going to run their offense. They have those passes in with Martinez as well. They just don't call him as often. So you're going to see them shift more to the throwing side versus uh the running side i prefer them to be the running team because texas is is good at run stopping where our interior guys you're not running through the a and b gap generally um you can spell it out and when you get out to the edges man our corners have been really good in run defense our safeties have been really good like people people don't have success on the perimeter with us much either um so 
schematically, you're not going to do anything different. You're going to see the same defense uh, versus the run. You're going to see it same defense versus the pass. Uh, you might play different coverages or something to try to fool somebody, but it, it's going to be what we've seen. It's just I think we match up better um, in the run game, even though Deuce and Adrian Martinez are scary runners. That's where our strengths lie. You can make the argument that Deuce Vaughn is the best offensive player Texas has seen since Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs. So how is it going to be important to stop him uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, I'd agree with that, man. He's a, he's a special guy. Thank uh, you. I just said that off the top of my head. So thank <laughs> yeah, you. I had to think. I had to go through. We haven't played Quentin Johnson. He's the one. He He's not the most versatile. He's just a receiver. But to me, he's the number one offensive player in the league besides uh, Bichon. Um so the thing with Deuce is he's so fast, man. He's so electric. Um, it, he's going to get loose a couple times a game. He's not one of those players you're going to stop. He's going to have a couple 20, 30-yard runs. You just got to stay resilient versus him. Um, it's going to happen. And uh, the biggest thing is he's he's undersized. Everybody knows that. But when you really understand that he's 25 to 50 pounds undersized, that really helps put it in context. So if you can if you can stuff up the gaps, man, if there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere to go. I don't care if you're Bijan Robinson or Deuce. Um, you can stop him. If you can get your hands on him early, you can stop him because you, you're bigger than him. But if he gets in the open field, uh, there's really no one that's going to be able to stop him one-on-one. -on -one. So, like I said, we need good perimeter defense. Our guys need to be able to spot him. You can lose him behind the line. That's a really tricky part for linebackers and safeties. But um, he hasn't had the same numbers that he had last year so there's ways to slow him a little bit when they motion him out to receiver you got to be hyper aware of him i'll see in sark's press conference today you always got to know where he is i don't think there's a way to stop deuce um there's a way to limit him or maybe dissuade the offense from going with that run as often if you get up if you get up 30 you're not going to see deuces often you know they're, they're not going to run they're going to abandon and go to the pass so there's some some bigger issues in the game that you could slow his touches. Last question before we get out of here. If Anthony Cook doesn't play on Saturday, how does that affect the safety play in this defense? It affects us a lot. He's a, he's a big part of the run game. And so uh, he, he's been really awesome, man. Uh, I've been most impressive with him. Whenever I was talking to him for one of my videos in the offseason, uh, he's just an aggressive player. And he's not, he's not big. He's an undersized guy, but – he loves to hit. You saw it with Deckers jarring the ball loose. He knows what he's doing. His communication with Thompson is excellent. So, so yeah, losing Cook, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It weakens our run defense. And uh, if you lose Watts as well, I don't have any information on either one. Sark said today they look good to me. Um, so we'll see. But those two, man, that's where it kind of starts to change the calculus of, like, do I want to face Martinez and Deuce with those two out? Um, but it, it's going to be a difference. And – pass game wise man we're gonna i don't know if it'll be taffy i don't know who it'll be um, but they're not going to be as good as anthony cook physically they're not going to be as good as he is intelligence wise cook's a very smart dude um, so that's where i get worried about coverage bus not getting to the right gap looking more like uh, our safeties last year in the second strings yeah, so this has been part three of the good and the bad. Hopefully moving forward, we're talking about a lot more good uh, with the Texas Homer uh, on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to give you this opportunity, Homer, to plug anything you want to plug. Yeah, just go to my YouTube channel, type in Texas Homer. You'll find it. Do my game breakdowns over there, cover recruiting as well inside the program stuff. So I think I do a pretty good 
amount of broad content. So whatever you like about college football, you can find my favorite stuff is of course the breakdowns and the, the schematic elements. So head over to my YouTube channel at Texas Homer. And then on Twitter, you can follow me at the Texas Homer. One of the best in the business. And remember punts or turnovers as always. Peace.